Welcome back to Nerd with a Phone Podcast. This is your host, Charles Haig. How are you? And uh, it's once again time, folks. We're going to get nerdified with Nerd with a Phone. And it's here. It's finally here. We're going to be doing Batman Part 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, last time it was on the cutoff date for my phone. And not a single word was recorded. Ah, such fun times. Anyway, tonight we're going to get into that with Mr. Dreadful Rock. And my review of Muppets in Space will be part of this episode, as well as another It's News to Me. All that is headed your way right after this short commercial break. Please stay tuned. Hi folks, Charles here from Nerd with a Phone Podcast. I just wanted to talk to you really quickly and let you all know that for a limited time, that's February 7th through February 26th, 2019, we shall have a fun bonfire cell at bonfire.com forward slash nerd with a phone. All right. And over there, you'll find some hashtag get nerdified t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, baseball tees, women's tees. It's all over there at bonfire.com forward slash nerd with a phone. And you can get your get nerdified t-shirts. Let the world know that you get nerdified with nerd with a phone by wearing these fun t-shirts. All right. More nerd with a phone podcast in just a minute. Hey, welcome back to Nerd with a Phone Podcast. And in this segment, as promised, the much-anticipated, I hope, Muppets from Space review. But before we get into that, it can't be helped, we need to have a discussion for those that may not know about Mr. Jim Henson and uh, his filmography and his television shows number so many days of my childhood as for as it does for many many people are in America and around the world uh, the Jim Henson company is still going to this day uh, under the tutelage of Brian Henson his son and basically what I wanted to say here at the beginning uh, not with any malice or Anything like that. Uh, (laughs) As I have noted many times on this show before, I do have a conspiratorial mind. But uh, (laughs) it's weird to me that Mr. Gemma Henson was uh, taken down by the flu. So I wanted to take the opportunity to say, by all means, get your flu shots, folks, if you can afford to do so. And if you can't, make the time. There are many organizations that will pay for them. Um, and I mean, CVS nationwide here in America, the CVS Corporation gives them out for free a lot of times. So there is no reason to not do it. It took out an American legend and it didn't need to happen. <laughs> and I guess we'll call this segment The More You Know. Alright, and we are discussing 
the legacy of Jim Henson, and you can't, uh, it can't be escaped when talking about his projects and everything. The, um, the Muppets Take Manhattan uh, was the last good Muppets film, and that was despite the fact that it came out after his death. He died in 1990, and it retained all of the flavor and the touches um, that he was known for and everything. So, you know, they had a pretty big task ahead of them uh, when planning the next film. Um, and virtually impossible to, um, to do because they needed to um, please the nerds that were going to pull it apart like me. And they needed to bring in new audiences to try to keep the Muppets as relevant as they could. And so, uh, enter the project that became Muppets from Space. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I should have been recording, but uh, I watched the movie today, and uh, Dreadful Rock was there watching it with me, and everything, and... Um, <clears throat> He has some very good insights in there. But the point here is that uh, our opinions from the 1999 release, original 1999 release to now, haven't changed. I didn't like it then, and I didn't like it now. That's Dreadful Rock's review. I am, of course, slightly more forgiving, but I will never call this a good movie. Um... It's an okay Muppet film, but they played it way too safe, and even um, some of the guest stars in there uh, would have to agree. I've seen interviews <coughs> with Miss Dawson's Creek herself, one Miss Katie Holmes. Uh, it was heavy. She was used heavily in the marketing and everything. And she has one line, and spoilers if you haven't seen it, but it's not much of a spoiler for a 1999 film. But uh, it's like Dawson's not here, you know. And in this interview that I saw with her, uh, she was talking about it, and it was like the whole time, the whole time, like, you know, she was a 90s kid. She was young, everything like that. So, I mean, yeah, she gets the walk-on role, to the next Muppets movie, and she has one damn line, because the Dawson's Creek people kept pulling her back from the set and everything to shoot the show. And it's like, I'm doing the damn Muppets movie. Come on. And uh, I believe that's on an episode of the old Rosie O'Donnell show. Probably looked that up on YouTube. I couldn't find it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Anyhow, uh, my review, my official opinion of Muppets from Space. Uh, should you watch it? I don't know. Um, I think if you have very young children, if you have very young children, they'll enjoy it. Like super young children will enjoy this. But there's not a lot there. There is not a lot there for adult fandom. Um... And the discerning youngsters out there will be 
bored by this fairly quickly. Um, because it's a movie with space in the title. And again, spoilers. It's a movie with space in the title that has no space in the movie. Like, um, there's one scene, which I will not spoil here, because it's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. But there's one scene, but it isn't even really technically in space. So, yeah. <laughs> it even fails on that front. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm Charles Hagener with a phone, and this has been my review for Muppets from Space. Alright, coming up in just a little bit, we will have Batman Part 2. Bring Dreadful Rock in. We uh, bought a movie um, starring Batman and Superman. We're going to watch it, give a little mini review of that, and another discussion about Batman and the DC Universe will ensue. See you on the other side of this short commercial break. Hi folks, thank you for listening to this episode of Nerd with a Phone Podcast. If you have enjoyed it, I would like to encourage you to click the support button that's on each and every episode. One dollar a month is 99 cents a month will ensure that this fine podcast can keep going and bringing you the not-so-quality entertainment you've come to love. There are other tiers. Of course there are other tiers. But I am not delusional. (laughs) Nerd with a Phone podcast is just a fun time me ranting about nerdy things that I find entertaining. 99 cents a month if you're enjoying this journey. Thank you very much. Back in a minute. Alright, and it is time for a segment we've been calling It's News to Me. And this segment, (laughs) we're going to head over to Australia where a man on vacation uh, went into a public restroom. And, you know, public restrooms have many, many dubious uh, things going on in there sometimes. But uh, this man happened upon a kangaroo. (laughs) A kangaroo eating a roll of toilet paper. And he... um, he so graciously pulled out his phone and recorded it for all of the world to enjoy. And uh, I got this story from UPI.com, and I will link it in the episode here so that y'all may also enjoy the wonder that is a kangaroo eating a roll of toilet paper. All right, this has been It's News to Me, and we'll be back with Batman in just a minute. Hey, uh, hey guys, this is Kyle from Toko Munchies Podcast. I'm just giving a big shout out to my good friend, a nerd with a phone. If you want some silky, smooth ear candy, then jump on and listen to a nerd with a phone. 
I like the way this guy talks. It's, it's comforting. It's nice. So make sure you listen to A Nerd for Phone and also drop over to Tokyo Munchies podcast, listen to me, and drop by tokyomunchies.tiktow.com and get some Japanese candy. Booyah! Can you smell what Tokyo Munchies is cooking? Hello, it's me, it's me, it's that N-W-A-P back with another episode. Thank you for tuning in on Anchor.fm, over on Pocket Cast, and on Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts are listened to. Stay tuned. of this episode. It's uh, going to be Batman Part 2. Thank you for listening to my Muppets from Space Review. (laughs) I'm inviting Dreadful Rock in here, Mr. John, to talk about Batman or Superman Batman public enemies as well as the Batverse in general and DC Comics in general and everything. Should be a fun time. Say hi. Hello. (laughs) Oh, that's coming up in just a minute. Alright. So, we're just talking about the movie Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. (laughs) Talking off recording here, but I'm going to see if John will repeat that, because that's too good to leave out. Do what? Everything, man. LeVar Burton, the whole spill. Oh, how LeVar Burton was Black Lightning, and I never realized that Clancy Brown was Lex Luthor. Yeah. Kurgan from uh, Highlander. Zim <laughs> from Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah. Lex and Luthor. most recently, uh, the Punisher's um, uh, S.O. Oh, really? Yeah, the CO from season one of The Punisher. He, oh, he was the, the one that betrayed him and turned him into The Punisher. Oh, yeah, well, he aged so much by that point, I didn't recognize him, but yeah. <laughs> Clancy Brown is Clancy Brown and everything to me, but yeah. <laughs> Alright, so. <laughs> we just watched. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, and what was it you were saying, John? It was better than I remembered it being, because I saw it when it first came out on Cartoon Network. And, of course, Cartoon Network being Cartoon Network, and this being a uh, PG-13 movie, some parts were edited. Hmm. Okay. So... Not by much, but, like, a line here... um, Line of dialogue there. Okay. Like how in this movie, Lux uh, Luther calls Amanda Waller a bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, well, not there. <laughs> yeah. So to say. Um, I think that's in our intro here. I think I 
that's the line that I recorded. <laughs> I, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, so, I guess this is going to be a segue into Batman-Superman crossovers. Um, in terms of the comics or whatever, um, where would you rank this as Batman-Superman crossovers? Where do you think this fits into a top ten? Uh, as far as the actual crossovers go, I would rank it probably around an eight. Around an eight? So yeah. So, near the bottom? Yeah. Okay. Alright. What what brings that opinion on? Uh, because the there's just so many better stories out there, like uh, the Crisis stories are way good, um... World's Finest comes to mind. Yeah, I've been wanting to check that out. Um, what's World's Finest about, for those that don't know? It's basically what Public Enemies is, in a sense. It's basically like the ultimate team-up. Mm. It's whenever they finally really decided to actually team up. Okay, so like a first, first time, sort of, yeah. Okay, that's where the term "world's finest" got coined. All right. <laughs> there, when I play hero clicks, that was actually one of the most powerful clicks you could get. Was a Batman Superman duo figure that was actually called "world's finest." Ah, all right, all right, <laughs> and I mean, so. This would be previous to Justice League? In time, in continuity, then? Post. Okay, after Justice League. Yeah. Okay. Alright, but... <laughs> uh, Bucky's guest starring here with his shenanigans on our coffee table. And, uh... <laughs> I uh, wanted to bring up a point about this movie, though, um, and it's kind of inescapable at this point. I think this probably came out 2009, between 2009 and 2011. And um, in any case, the parallels between Lex Luthor and our current president, Lex Luthor of this movie and our current president are kind of scary to me. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out what year specifically this came out. I'll look it up and have a link to everything related to this movie. Do the case does not say. Yeah. Due to the fact that the case doesn't actually say, and nor does the copyrights in there, in the film itself, say. But uh, there's a preview for the first Sherlock Holmes, the Rodney Downey Jr. Um, Sherlock Holmes, the very first one in this, so I believe that's 2009-ish. But, uh, like I was saying, the the parallels between Lex Luthor in this and our current president are scary to me. Yeah. It's like, that's the worth of this. Like, although I will give uh, Donald Trump some credit, I... <laughs> I don't think he knows he's Lex Luthor. I just think he's slowly become it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's trying to do the right thing, but he's got no clue how to do it, and it's just slowly becoming the snowball that he can't escape from under. That's how I view this presidency. Uh, you know, others, more conspiratorial minds will say differently, but, like, nah. Like, I think he was thinking about his brands. Like, oh, this would be good for my business and everything. You know, and I may be able to do some good. And I think that's why he's fighting hard for things that people are very clear that, like, they don't want. But you know you're living in a messed up time when you can see a direct parallel. <laughs> the things that are actually happening. In a, in a caricature that was obviously meant, like Lex was meant to warn us about any president or any political figure for that matter, down to the student uh, council president. But, like, there's just, I mean, um, <laughs> I could go two hours about the parallels between Lex Luthor and our current president. I, I really could. Egotistical One more time. A rich, egotistical, megalomaniac. <laughs> Gee, no, there's no parallels there. <laughs> None whatsoever. Uh, I thought you were going to say one's an orange and one looks like he was literally... Like, like Lex Luthor looks like paste. He is the whitest white dude there ever was. <laughs> oh, hi, Bucky. Say hi. Or just lick the phone. Either way. And yeah, that's totally not meant as any kind of offense to supporters of our current president. I know I have several in my family. It's just objectively watch this movie and tell me who you think Lex Luthor is supposed to be. <laughs> well, and Luther's and our current president's defense, they both have their supporters. This is true. And people against them. Yeah. <laughs> There's always two sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. And like I said... I'm just saying the similarities are almost blatantly obvious. Yeah. Whoever wrote this story arc didn't like Trump. And had some inside knowledge is what I'm going with. Because this was pre-elections and everything. <laughs> uh, this movie was written by Stan Berkowitz. Ah, well, <laughs> Donald Trump and people of that last name have never gotten along. That's all I'll say there. <laughs> I mean, my last name is Haig. We'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, I'm thinking the original comic this was based off of was written by Jeff Loeb, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all of which have a certain nationality trait to them that we'll leave to the internet to figure out. But uh, <laughs> suffice it to say... All I have to say is Jerry Siegel, the original intent of Superman, 
We'll have some links. <laughs> I'm not gonna go willing to go much further than that. Except for the original Superman was basically Lux Luthor with oh. Superman's powers. Okay. Details, man. It was called The Tale of the Superman. Okay. In which he was a big, muscle-bound, bald guy with all the intelligence of Lex Luthor and the powers of Superman. Huh. When the character got picked up for publication, they split them into two different people. Okay, that's... This is... There we go. There's the vault of knowledge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, look it up. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> it's a pretty decent read, actually. All right, what's it called one more time? A Tale of the Superman. All right, so probably findable on DC.com, probably. Uh, probably, yeah. All right. But yeah, it was before Superman ever got published and whatnot. It was like a brainstorming idea he had, and he wrote down a short story plus a few sketches. Okay. And it was basically Lex Luthor with Superman's abilities. That's freaking scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever the comics company picked it up, they decided that character was, I don't know, not too good or something or too powerful or whatnot, so they decided to make two separate characters out of it. I, 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 I'm going to go with, they probably thought that was too scary for the general public of the 10-year-old boys of America at that time. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, man, we're going to give kids nightmares. We're going to have to split these two up. <laughs> you know? But yeah. Cool. All right. I think that's probably going to wrap this up a little bit. Um, thank you for joining in on the conversation, John. Not a problem. All right. And um, Nerd with a Phone will be back. I wanted to say thank you again. For, for, for tuning in, for always tuning in, there's at least a couple thousand of you doing it. It's hard to tell just off of listens, but I'm almost at 10,000 listens. We're getting there slowly but surely. Love it. And um, continue to share. Also, as the ad already says, I wanted to remind you in the show too. Seriously, folks, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. If you're like, I can make a better show than this moron, Anchor.fm forward slash start. Make your own podcast. I'm Charles Sagan, nerd with a phone. He's Dreadful Rock. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good day.